0: Alcohol was the gateway to getting cocaine. But by the end, you know, after 10 years, it's all wrapped up and I can't untangle this ball of string any longer. It just becomes part of who I am.
1: Why do you keep doing it? Why do you punish yourself to that extreme?
0: Yeah, we will never think of the consequences at the beginning. You block those out and then ignore those. For me, it was-
1: You're very clever with your words. You would justify every bender so perfectly.
0: Oh, manipulate, justify, lie.
1: Yeah, lying all the time. I didn't know where you
0: were. To get me out of the spotlight.
1: And that's why the pain for the person living with you, Mm. I had to manage that pain because it really hurt a couple of times. Mm. And that was enough.
0: Welcome to The Golding Show. My name is David Golding. I'm a recovered alcoholic, cocaine addict and gambling addict. I'm also known as At Sober Coach Dubai, a certified and full-time professional recovery mentor, sober coach, and sober companion.
1: Hi, I'm Christina. I'm David's wife, and I'm still here. And, and got, here we are doing a podcast together.
0: And you've got plenty of lived experience of living with an insane alcoholic.
1: Plenty adults. of lived experience living with you. Everyone's different. My experience is with you. Yeah, indeed. Everyone's story is so unique.
0: Yeah, we're going to talk about finding help when people need help. Okay, so there's all yeah. sorts of people may well realise that they need some help. I think, look, A, working out whether you need any help or whether you want any help.
1: And admitting it.
0: And admitting that you is need really, help. It's really, really good. It's tough to do. But I think that yeah, in my...
1: you, you, you never did.
0: Oh, gosh, no. Well, firstly, I wasn't fucking wrong, was I?
1: <laughs> never wrong.
0: I was never wrong. There <laughs> no, you were Why do I need any help? No. Well, I've also told the story that uh, I thought that you needed help.
1: Oh, yeah, you told the doctor to section me.
0: Yes. My problem was you. you Good job I'm
1: laughing. It's just so the ridiculous.
0: One. Well, it's just awful. And I'm sure that other people have done equal or worse.
1: Yeah. That's but, where your boundaries come in.
0: But that was a low point.
1: Because this guy isn't the man I married. What this man is saying to me is utter rubbish. Mm. I might have smiled at you, which riled you at the time. It would. And what did you say? If you don't seek help... I will leave you, and I don't think it uh, took a long time. I said, "Okay, I think that's best." And I said, "Leave." Right. Fine. Right. Fine. Then, yeah.
0: And uh, actually, that was the beginning of me seeking help. I mean, professional help. But let's let's just maybe take it back one step before we we get fully yes. into the throes of that. Okay. I'm imagining scenarios where uh, somebody has got someone close to them. I I tend to use that phrase. Someone close to you. So it doesn't just mean husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend. Anyone. Anyone that you know that's close to you that you're concerned about. Okay, so let's talk about that first, which is lots of people ask me, and I'm sure they ask you, how do you know when somebody's an alcoholic?
1: Good question.
0: How the hell do you know? Listen, Brian likes his booze, but how do I
1: know he's an alcoholic? Well, I knew you were, because you'd been in the (laughs) primary.
0: Sorry,
1: that's not a funny thing, but I knew, I already knew. Yeah. But it's a good question, okay? The behaviours, without saying the word alcoholic, you told lots of lies. Mm -hmm. You became very unreliable. Mm -hmm. You looked different. You behaved differently. Not that I micromanaged you, Mm -hmm. but maybe I tried when I felt you slipping away. You're always finding excuses, irrational behaviour. Mm. Those are the things that's on, that some comes to mind. They're not all of them, but everyone's different. But that's what I found with you. Mm. Very unpredictable. Mm. I'm going to go watch a football game. I'm going to London on the train. I'll see you tomorrow. I think I saw you five days later.
0: Yeah, there were many
1: incidents like that. There were loads like that to the point where I relied on you not coming back. Yeah. I actually relied on you staying away. Mm. I would never call you. I didn't want to hear you. I didn't want to hear the excuses. Yeah. It would be poured down the phone to me. Mm. I would text you instead and say, why don't you have a break? Mm. And in the meantime, I'd be on the phone to my mum. Personally, I, I had my mum and my sister, who was nothing like my mum. She'd want to beat you up. She'd want to go mad with you. But she didn't. No. It was just thoughts. The thoughts didn't materialise ever. It was just thinking. Those were my two people. I didn't tell any friends. I did go to the priory to the family meetings, Mm -hmm. but not for very long. Mm -hmm. Yeah, getting a babysitter for the four children was difficult.
0: So let's just explain that. So when I was a resident um, in the priory, and there's all sorts of rehabs, but they pretty much run the same way, which was it's a 28-day inpatient stay. Yeah. Okay, and for lots of us, uh, there's a bloody medical detox that needs to go on. Yeah. So let's be really clear that if somebody is physically addicted to alcohol... And what I mean by that, they might get the shakes in the morning. There's a real physical element to it. Wow. So I never had the shake.
1: I never had. No, you didn't?
0: No. So the shaking, they're called delirium tremens, the DTs. So that's when somebody is shaking, they've got the DTs. It's a sort of medical term for shaking, but that's because your muscles have become used to alcohol being in your system. And if you remove the alcohol, they start twitching. They they can't behave in their normal way. But there's another bigger problem which is for somebody who's severely alcohol-dependent, physically alcohol-dependent, they can have seizures. So brain seizures, That's seizures, scary. and die. And people can die from can that. Can they? Mm. So when people sometimes go to rehab and they're severely alcohol-dependent, yeah. you know, you've know, you got to be medically detoxed. You've got to be taken off that drug. Let's be clear, it's a drug. And your body has become accustomed to having high amounts of alcohol in your bloodstream.
1: So at and, any point in the day, yeah, 6 a.m.
0: Correct. I'll tell you a brief story about how serious this is that uh, I know of a a gentleman who's become a close friend actually. And um, he went to rehab a couple of times. He he couldn't get it like I couldn't at the beginning, but he drank so much. He was physically alcohol dependent and he had to get on a plane to go to this rehab and his wife had to go with him to feed him vodka so that he could make the journey because he couldn't get on the plane For 20 hours, he'd have a seizure. There was no access for him, this long story, but he couldn't physically go anywhere locally. And he went to his home country. Wow. And, um, you know, she had to monitor how he behaved and how much alcohol he had.
1: Would people call her, for example, an enabler?
0: I think in this instance, she was trying to save his life.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, this is...
0: She was getting on the plane with him to make sure he got there safely. I agree. I mean, I do that too. I, uh, what I mean by that is that I don't feed people alcohol, but I'm a sober escort, part of all the work I do.
1: Yeah, that's what you've done.
0: You know, let's say a family, we do an intervention, and a family decides that, and the gentleman decides that he's going to go to rehab in England. And he'll say, Brian says to the wife, okay, I'm off to rehab tomorrow, bye-bye. <laughs> and Brian ends up in Bangkok, you know, that's yeah. not going to be great. So. <laughs> no. Um, so they'll hire me to go with Brian and make sure he gets there safely. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, you've done.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we're we're back to how do how do we know that you're an alcoholic? I can tell you from my perspective, um, what I tell clients, which yeah. is I think you've got to look at the consequences. So is your life beginning to get out of control? Yes. Um, Good are point. Are things are things beginning to happen? And are you fucking miserable? I mean, this is this is pretty clear.
1: Yeah, I think you were.
0: But that could be depression. You've got to be unclear. Yes,
1: I know. What I saw on the outside, mm. you're very miserable, very down. It yeah. doesn't matter where we were in the world, with company, you were always very down.
0: Mm.
1: You'd make excuses and go and lie on the bed because you had a headache. Mm. You didn't. You just didn't want to be in that crowd of people.
0: That's right. Okay, I
1: was, sorry, carry yeah. on.
0: That's right. I was troubled a lot of the time. Mm. So I think there's the whole thing about consequences, about the general demeanor, the physical state. I think the other thing is, for me and many alcoholics, you can't stay stopped so you might be able to stop drinking for a while and almost prove to somebody else and you think i'm an alcoholic i'll show you yes and i'll not drink for two weeks and i'll go see
1: i think that happens a lot
0: that happened to me a lot
1: yeah you were always doing that Mm.
0: but then i couldn't stay stopped
1: well you were on a bender Mm. yeah (laughs) i didn't drink for two weeks and drank every day for five days yeah and everything else yeah Correct. So it was just worse. I remember thinking at one time, actually many, many years ago, I wished he'd have just had his three, four bottles because mm. he wouldn't be.
0: Having such a blowout. Yeah. And I think the other thing is that I couldn't have one. You know, I couldn't have one drink. And it's interesting. I think no. that's why I wouldn't drink at lunch times. So lots of people I know would on a weekend would go to the pub and watch the football and yeah. start drinking and then last all evening till the early hours. I could never do that because I would drink so quickly and so much. So I never drank at lunchtime. I would never go to the pub. I'd never arrange to meet people at the pub.
1: Never when I was with you. you, Did I ever see you have a drink?
0: Wasn't my MO.
1: Before 6pm-ish?
0: Because I know I would get legless. I tried it a few times and I remember going to bars when I was a young man in my 20s. And I hated the eye sting of coming out of a dark bar and it's bloody three in the afternoon. And the sunlight burns your retina like you've looked at the sun.
1: You've never said this. You've never told me this. It's
0: only just come back to me. Really? Mm. And I remember... And that's what happened. I remember that feeling. So that's why I never drank oh, sh- At lunchtime. So we've got, we've got these attributes about this is maybe what's going on. I think you would probably begin to notice more and more bottles at home, hiding bottles, lying about it. You know, I thought I was very clever. You know, we talked about me learning to cook and starting to be the chef. And it was all excuses to get access to booze. <laughs> I've even known men who bought a bloody dog. Really? Bought a dog, yeah, so they could walk it every night. Absolutely.
1: And drink while they walk.
0: Drink while they walk. I know a gentleman who, on the way home from work, would go and buy a load of vodka and hide it in the hedges. No. So that then he would say to his wife, just take him Bozo for a walk. And he's got his little booze run mapped out. Okay. So I think that's interesting. Yeah, it is how much alcohol has been consumed, other lies there. If you start finding, look, a bottle of vodka hidden in the washing machine, in the garage, under the fridge, in the baby's cot, you know, we think that Yeah, we...
1: you never did that. I can only go off yeah. my memory, yeah. personally, but it was the excuses that you came home from work with. Yeah. I've had such a bad day. Mm. You won't believe what's happened today. Mm. And off you went in your sob story and then... You'd either not bought the wine yet and mm. you said, I'm just going to nip to Sainsbury's. Is that okay? Would you like anything? No, I've just done a big shop. It's fine. I'd I've always, got everything.
0: I would always buy you a little present. You always brought me presents. To make myself feel better.
1: Yeah. And I knew what you used to some
0: do. Some flowers or some chocolates or something. And bullshit. I used to
1: cringe. Yeah. Oh, I so know what this is. Why, the, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Little gifts. Uh, the excuses, verbal excuses, or sometimes when you wanted to get all the drink before you came home, Mm. you'd ring me, which was rare. But I knew when that you called me at four o'clock when you were leaving the office or five o'clock, six o'clock, it was, I'm going to the shops. Do you want anything? Do you want anything? I've had one of those days spike. Okay. You won't want to know what's happened today. I think, oh, another one. Mm. Okay. And I knew I was powerless. Mm.
0: Oh, that sinking feeling you must have had every time that happened. Here we go.
1: You became predictable in that sense. Okay. You know, you weren't saying after three bottles of wine, come on, let's take the kids to the park. Because mm-hmm. it didn't involve the children mm-hmm. and they were upstairs mm-hmm. or in other areas of the house. Mm-hmm. What you wanted to do with yourself was up to you.
0: Yeah.
1: If I had a chat with you about destroying your liver, destroying your body, mm-hmm. can you imagine the rows we'd have? yeah i just didn't bother what was the point you weren't listening
0: no i wasn't listening
1: so i just said okay then mm. see you shortly okay and i don't want a gift thanks just get what you need to get and come home mm. and at least then as bad as it was with you drinking mm. you were under our roof mm. not under somebody else's sure somewhere else lost yeah you were at home
0: okay There's probably one last thing that I'll point out about this question. Is somebody an alcoholic or not? I call them UBI's. Oh, yeah. Unexplained beer injuries. Very good. I remember as a young man going out for the weekend, and then you wake up in the morning and you're like, where the hell did I get that scratch from? This is broken. I've fallen over, smashed my teeth in, my face in. Yes. So these are, sometimes you wake up with bruises and scratches. You have no idea where they're from.
1: So you can't remember how you got them?
0: No. there are unexplained beer injuries, UBIs. Now, I didn't drink beer, so mine are UWIs, unexplained wine injuries. Yeah. But typically, I would come back with some scrapes. For some people, they're really quite serious, and people get themselves in mega scrapes. Uh, And I'll go to the furthest extreme uh, of a story that I know, which is, of course, when we drink a lot of alcohol, quickly even, but it's certainly the amount you black out. And when you black out and you can't remember anything. I know a second-hand story. This isn't a first-hand story, but I I believe it to be true, of a gentleman who had a blackout one night, and when he woke up in the morning, he'd strangled his wife, and he'd murdered her. Oh, gosh. And uh, this gentleman was in the rooms of of Alcoholics Anonymous after serving a long prison sentence for murder, and he would speak openly about what he did in his blackout. Wow. Now, lots of men get into I've
1: never heard anything like it before. Mm. You never told me that.
0: Mm. So, you know, these are serious things. We, very serious. If we black out, you can't bloody remember what you did. Well, no. people black out driving a car. They black out when they're out with their mates. They get into a fight. They do all sorts of things. I don't know. Women have sex with men that they wouldn't normally. And men have sex with women and all sorts.
1: Oh, and the rest.
0: Yeah. but so Why do
1: you put yourselves through it then? Why do you keep doing it? Why do you punish yourself to that extreme?
0: Yeah, we will never think of the consequences at the beginning. You block those out and then ignore those. And it's actually this inexplicable desire to get out of ourselves and deal with the problem that we've got. You know, for me, it was about soothing myself. I had no mechanism to cope with today's troubles. And unfortunately, lots of my troubles came from yesterday as well. God. So it was, it's for me, it was running away.
1: Can I mention something else? Mm. The white stuff.
0: Yes, go I've on. Not
1: talked about that yet. Yeah. How did that make you feel? Okay. Because I've never had it, never tried it. I've seen it in your dressing gown pockets. Mm-hmm. I've emptied it down the toilets. Mm-hmm. I've never once been tempted to try it. No. No, thanks. Mm. How was taking that different to... Drinking four bottles of wine.
0: Interesting. So typically I would buy cocaine when I was drunk. It would seem a good idea. For me, it was a way of continuing the evening longer. Very difficult for me to explain this because I don't want to make it sound like I'm excusing it or...
1: No, I, no it's fine. Listen, you are who you are today. It, yeah. it's, it's all gone. It's all in the past. That's why we're talking about it.
0: No, I, I think I'm also trying to say that I'm trying to describe it. It's murky. Because okay. there isn't a black and white answer to this. Because it's something that develops over years and years. You know, at the beginning, cocaine seemed like fun. Let's be perfectly honest. The first time that you take cocaine, it's really a bit of a wowzer, and people think, gosh, that's amazing. And it gives you the capacity to stay up longer, drink more. I think that was important that you can... Drink
1: more? No, you can't. Like you needed help?
0: no. No, really, that's what happens. But if you do that for years, which is what I did, and every time you go out, you have cocaine, it means it becomes part of your night out. And then it changes you in as much as you think, well, I can't go out unless I've got some. So it didn't so take... the
1: night out's not as good unless you've got some.
0: You get it in your or mind. Or you
1: have access to some. Yes. Okay.
0: And now, for other people, cocaine's their sole problem. Well, I've worked with people where it's cocaine is the only problem that they've got. Uh, as opposed to, for me, alcohol was the gateway to getting cocaine. But by the end, you know, after 10 years, it's all wrapped up, and I can't untangle this ball of string any longer. It just becomes part of who I am. When I feel overwhelmed, I would run away. And if I was really running away hard from how I felt, because of what was going on at work and at home, and how I felt about myself, and how much I hated myself, I would really want to run away and completely obliterate my own mind. For me, it was about obliterating my mind and becoming somebody else. Imagine I hated David version one. That guy I hated, I, I despised him. He couldn't cope with life. He was a loser and a and complete mess. I knew that. And so when I went on to a bender and trying to be somebody else and think differently and I just don't want to be that guy, completely remove my mind out of my own mind.
1: You used to say that, I want to take my brain out yeah, and leave it on the side. Yeah. Mm. And everyone's different when they've had cocaine. I Everyone think, has different symptoms, not we, symptoms. Yeah, we, it we,
0: I think reactions, I think we all react differently. Yeah. And um, I
1: could tell within a second when you'd had some. Mm. And then when you tried to deny it, mm. it got me annoyed.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, I couldn't admit it. But it, it was got. was all
1: over your face, literally, it was written Yeah, all over your face, your lips, mm-hmm. the way you spoke. Your eyes, mm-hmm. I used to think it was dirty. Mm. You're such a clever guy. Mm. You're such a successful, clever guy. Why are you doing this to yourself? That's what I used to think.
0: Because I was a fucking addict and I couldn't stop. I
1: couldn't, stop. I couldn't
0: stop. I couldn't stop, even if I bloody wanted to.
1: I'll look at you now. Yeah. I'm it's like managed. we're talking about this other guy, by the way. Mm. But I do find it fascinating Your mindset, how it used to be. Because I was always so on the defence, on guard. Mm. And you were always the victim. It's not my fault. Mm. I do this because of this. You're very clever with your words. You would Mm. justify every bender so perfectly.
0: Oh, manipulate, justify, lie.
1: Yeah, lying all the time. anything. I didn't know where you were.
0: To get me out of the spotlight.
1: And that's why the pain for the person living with you... Mm. I had to manage that pain because mm. it really hurt a couple of times mm. and that was enough. Mm, I'm sure I'm not having this pain eat away at me mm. and make me as ill as you. Mm. No. Okay. Yeah.
0: No, thank you thanks for for explaining that. I think it's important that I understand and that other people get to hear that. So going back to where do we find help? So I, I just briefly finish probably talking about me it's all about me
1: it's all about me <laughs> wow yeah but you you know more no, i'm we? talking i can talk all day about how i reacted to when you did things
0: of course this is this is important
1: because. but you help everybody overcome what you've overcome i'm not with them you are you have both perspectives mm.
0: i've been there and i've recovered and i know a little bit about both but you're here because you know, from your perspective, I can put myself in your shoes, and I've done lots of education, and and I've experienced an awful lot. But again, I haven't felt that, I haven't known that, which is which is why it's excellent that we're talking like this. Yeah,
1: your suit of armor's not as good as mine.
0: No, fuck no, no, you, you that's what it is. Amazonian warrior, smash your face,
1: smash in. your fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> your <Sorry. laughs> face, and I didn't ever smash your face in. No, you didn't. But I did think I was gladiator.
0: You did. You were a female gladiator. Yeah, I know.
1: Yeah. One man army.
0: And I and I personally find that rather attractive.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't at the time. No,
0: that's fucking <laughs> shit good. No, I know you were. Um, okay. It
1: didn't stop you though, did no, it? No. Sorry, go on.
0: So it did nothing. It with, didn't stop you. Nothing, nothing stopped you. Nothing would stop me. I'm a full blown alcoholic addict and nothing will stop me until I want to change. So that's the most important thing.
1: And that's for everybody.
0: That's the thing. That's the same for everybody. So as everybody. much as
1: all the wives are listening and all the family members are listening, <clears> you cannot stop them.
0: You can't make them do it. They're not listening. They need to want to do it. And sometimes that's because they've hit their rock bottom. And even they say, oh, fucking hell, I can't do this anymore. Brilliant. Brilliant. So
1: people in my situation stop trying to rescue you all the time. Correct. It's thankless. It's draining. I and it won't make work. You, it'll make you ill. Make, and it won't work. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. So step away. I from. did
1: the. I did the opposite. I said, carry on. Yeah. Make a will. Best of luck. Best of luck. Mm. I'm going to meet somebody else. That's mm. what. That's what got you, I think. The most mm. making a will doesn't matter, really, does it? I said that just to threaten you. I don't know why I said that, but when I said I will meet somebody else, mm-hmm. the children will have a different stepfather. Mm. Just so you know, mm. so it's not a big shock. Mm. Okay, carry on. Seeing it, in a few weeks.
0: And all these things, they land. And I, I think. Do
1: they, do they land? Do they land there and then? Or do they, you ponder on it? I, Is listen, it the next day?
0: No, it's, it's part of the equation of recovery, I think. What single thing made the difference? I don't think I can ever say that. I just know one day I'd run out of puff and i couldn't fucking do any more
1: regardless of me regardless of the children nothing mattered so correct. people have to yeah you have to be patient
0: so i i had to surrender
1: and remember you have a life of your own
0: yes of course
1: we are also human beings of and we have needs and we have to look after ourselves correct we can't keep rescuing you all the time
0: and you can't deny yourself no I mean, there's one thing that I firmly believe, and I've always said this, which is everyone is allowed to be happy.
1: Everyone, everyone deserves doesn't. to be happy. And you they, said that when yeah, we first met.
0: Yeah, they deserve to be happy, despite yeah. everything. <clears throat> However, it's not going to just drop in your lap. And, and, you know, you have to go and wrestle and fight for it and find yeah. it. And sometimes make tough decisions, really tough decisions.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's what a life is to me, uh, how we negotiate tough decisions such that they don't drown you. Yeah. Sometimes they might. And Jordan Peterson is fantastic. He, yeah. If you've not seen him, just Google in YouTube, Jordan Peterson drowning. And he does a fantastic talk about you can't help anyone if they don't want to be helped. And, you know, if somebody's drowning, there's a choice. Either one's going to drown or two are going to drown.
1: Because one's trying to save the other.
0: And they're trying to, trying to pull them down. Yeah. Now, look, that, that's a nice thing to remember. Um, it's not a rule, which is, well, you know, somebody's struggling with addiction, they can fuck off. Yeah, It's not black and white like that. No. But it's part of the equation of contemplation of where things are up to. So I think for me, from my perspective as the alcoholic addict, there's a moment where we need to reach out for help and ask for it. So I always say this to my new clients, if I see a new client that I'm talking to, so typically what happens if I get a client is normally it's the wife actually that comes
1: gets in contact, gets in contact
0: and says, Brian at home is struggling. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you speak to my husband? And I'll say, well, does he want to speak to me? You know, how ready is Brian? And they say, well, I've told him he needs to speak to you. And I say, okay, yeah. well, I'll speak to him, but you know, my yeah. hopes aren't going to get high. But sometimes they say, no, we're going to, we'll get on a Zoom call together.
1: Or have an intervention.
0: Yeah, or an intervention. Sometimes that's important. So pretty much if I'm speaking to, let's say I get to speak to Brian, and I always tell them this, you got four choices, Brian. Okay, you can go to rehab, whether you can afford it, whether you've got the time, whether there's one locally, whether your job will allow it, whether it's what you want to do. But depending, forgive me how fucked you are, You might need to go. If you're alcohol dependent, you need a physical detox. There's all sorts of things. But in terms of options, go to rehab. The other one is you can work with somebody like me. Okay, and I work with you on a weekly basis, on a daily basis, and I'll even live with you.
1: Yeah, you live with them, don't you?
0: So some clients, um, they don't want to go to rehab, and they want to, they're CEOs, and they want to continue to go to work, so
1: I live with them. I get that.
0: The third option, so go to rehab, work with me, is go to AA. Go to Alcoholics Anonymous. It's free yeah. In Dubai, there's 56 meetings a week. They're all over the world. It's been going for 85 years and gazillions of people have got sober. And then the last option is best of luck. You try and do it yourself, Brian. Has that been going for you? So I don't think there's a whole masses of choices for people that need to get into recovery no. about what to do. But I think the very first thing is to begin to contemplate, actually, is your life shit? Is alcohol a massive problem? And I say this to people, you know, is alcohol your friend?
1: What happens if they're gambling?
0: I think it's the same thing. I, I think that. I can
1: imagine uh, wives and husbands and family members would be very annoyed.
0: Yeah, well, I think you've got to look at the consequences. Yeah. Again, you've got to look at the consequences. Is your behavior becoming out of control or is it out of control? You know, if that's what's going on, as with all these things, yeah. and typically they're all the same things, which is, have you lost the power to control what you used to be able to? If you've lost the power Good of question. control, you you better start thinking that you need some help.
1: But they have to be honest and answer that honestly. Correct. Because most people would say, yeah, I'm fine.
0: Okay. And I reckon that's a really great place to leave it. Thanks, Spike. Okay. Thanks. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye.